Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Mark Cox Morning Show is brought to you by Thomas Helbig and Bob Kershaw with the Retirement Advisory Group. Retirementkey.com. The Mark Cox Morning Show. I want to compliment you showing how fair and level-headed everything you guys talk about. Who is this guy? He's saying what we've been saying forever. Maybe what we need from a conservative standpoint is... The Mark Cox Morning Show. I respect that. We don't agree. Listen to both sides. This... Let's get it on. ...is the Mark Cox Morning Show. Good morning. I'm Heidi Harris. I love that. I love that intro. I'm in for Mark Cox today. The whole crew's off today, but they'll be back tomorrow. I'm here with my ace producer, Ethan, from my Sunday night show, 7 to 9 p.m. right here on 97.1 FM Talk. Now, Ethan, you and I briefly talked last night about the whole issue with Trump and the sneakers, right? Yes. He went, he went to sneaker con. He sold these sneakers, and they were going for 400 bucks a piece, right? The high top. They're called Never Surrender High Tops which you and I disagree. We talked about this last night. I think they're gorgeous. You were a little skeptical. Have you changed your mind since last night? No, they're shiny. They're shiny golden shoes. Okay, I could get he those. likes I gold get... sinks. No, no, <laughs> go ahead. You, you, you can get those where? Yeah, I could say I could get those for $25 on Amazon. They'd look the exact same. Okay, all right. <sighs> or I could, spray them on, I could spray them on any pair of high tops I own. Okay. But here, well, you could, you could do that. But <laughs> here's the thing, though. Now he only had, I think, a thousand pair, right? They sold out right away for four hundred bucks a pop, mm -hmm. which I don't pay four hundred dollars for shoes because that's just me. All right, but still, but that's not expensive for sneakers, right? There are more sneakers that sell for a lot more than that, correct? Because you oh, and I, talk, I mean, have talked about that in the past. It depends who you ask. I mean, four hundred for me, I would say, is expensive for some people. Though, I mean, there's, there's sneakers out there that are going for that every day and it's just normal price so it kind of that's what i'm talking about yes yeah. yeah but also not only so new ones are going for that like expensive fancy schmancy new ones are going for that i mean some of them it's such a it's such a wide field as far as you know Yikes. what the different shoes are worth there's a lot of shoes out there you know we talked a little bit last night as you said about for example the jordan one shoe michael jordan's first shoe that he released was is you know one by far the most popular sneaker out there right now and some of those sneakers that some of those jordan one sneakers that are a little more rare are going to go for a lot more money than some of the more common ones so it just kind of depends on okay. which shoe you're specifically talking about got it but I, okay i'm looking at to, to your point okay i'm just going to skip it around here on amazon this morning just to kind of get a frame of reference because you know i'm hard pressed to pay 100 bucks for a pair of sketchers but i do have some that i love that i paid 100 bucks for and they are worth every dime that i paid 
Okay. Cause they've lasted forever. They're great for walking. They're great for whatever. Okay. So, you know, but a hundred bucks air Jordan two. All right. Air Jordan two. I'm just looking here on uh, Amazon air Jordan two Chicago. Okay. That mean anything to you? No. The style? Okay. Not the Jordan 2, no. <laughs> okay. Air Jordan 2, Chicago, $339. This is brand new. This is not on the market, the collectible market or anything, okay? Okay. That seems... <laughs> I mean, that's I guess just, I just... That's just how much... Leave. Yeah, it's just that's that's the price of some of these shoes. I mean, I don't... Like I said, I don't know specifically much about that shoe or its market. No, but listen here. Nike Jordan 11... Okay. Yes, the 11s are probably the second most popular Jordan uh, shoe behind the Jordan 1s. Okay. I wouldn't know one in the lineup, but okay. Nike Jordan 11 Retro Cool Gray 2021 Men's Basketball Shoe. I think they're new. Yes. Okay, on Amazon. Take a guess. Oh, man. I'm going to guess the the Retro Gray. Those are pretty cool looking shoes. I'm going to guess 450 Yeah, you were close. 488 Okay, yep. Yeah, you're close. You know your market. So my point being, our point being, that it's not a ridiculous amount of money to ask $3.99 for a pair of sneakers, fancy sneakers, especially beautiful gold ones that are supposedly created by or designed by Trump. So they're sold out. Do you think they actually were designed by Trump? I think he had people help him, you know, <laughs> just like Michael Jordan. Just like Michael Jordan had people. Sure. You and I were talking. We've talked about the movie Air, which mm -hmm. we watched, okay? There are people who design these. Michael Jordan didn't design these shoes. Someone sure. else did. No, that's right. Fair. That's fair. Brilliant people out there. But here's the update on the sneakers. All right. Apparently, you you knew this was going to happen, right? Somebody grabs them. They immediately flip them to some crazy Trump supporter. And I'm not saying you're crazy if you support Trump. I'm just saying that there are people who will spend a fortune on these. All right. There's one set that's been listed on eBay. You want to take a guess? 800 7500 dollars holy moly for a pair of never surrender high tops from trump oh. <laughs> why stop okay this is an emotional purchase people who love trump are very excited about this i wouldn't pay 399 for the gold ones and i and i think they're great looking they have some other ones that are a little bit cheaper but you know here's what i love about this whether you love Trump or don't love Trump, whatever. I think it's genius for him to do this. It's genius because whenever they try to go after him in one way, he pops up again in a more successful way. It's fantastic. No, it is cool that he is, I think more than anything, I mean, you know, we joked last night a little bit as well that this isn't going to do anything for him money-wise in a sense of like, oh man, he's going to make so much money off of this. No, not really compared to the amount of money he has. But what this does, right? Is it grabs it pulls attention towards him in a yes. different in a different group of people, which is I think that's the most genius idea of it. I mean, that getting into that market, just even if you're not, even if there's not a lot that you're really selling, I think is amazing because it is very 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 popular among people my age. So you know, kudos to him. He's he's thinking outside outside the box. That's for sure. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. And like, then you, I think you make a great point. He it, besides just obviously changing the narrative. Oh, look at me and my shoes, which is everyone's talking about his shoes today, much more so than they're talking about the verdict last week, right? Right. Great. 
has he worn have has he worn the shoes? Have oh, we I seen don't know that? that he I don't know. I've not seen it. I doubt he'd wear it. He didn't seem oh, like the man. guy wear the gold high tops. I can't see Trump in those, but maybe he would. Why why wouldn't he rep his own brand? And and how much would somebody pay for a pair he'd actually worn? See oh, there you goodness. know <laughs> You know, I I will say this. I think that the part that I hate on the shoe the most and if you look at the shoe, I mean it is Oh hold you're on, such hold a on, naysayer. Hold on, hold on, All right, quick, I'm listening. Quick, I'm is, listening. And it, the the American flag at the top of the high top looks pretty cool. Oh, okay. Besides that, it's a sprayed very... metallic gold. And there's just a very generic looking T on the side of it where like a Nike logo or an Adidas logo would go. It's just a sh- get a little creative with that T. Come on. I mean, I, that, that's okay. like, I could maybe get on board with it a little bit if you had something a little more creative. But I mean, it is the you t- you pull up a computer, a laptop and you open Microsoft Word. And you open the Helvetical font or the Times New Roman, and you click a T. That's what it is. That's what it is right there. Am I okay. wrong? No. And but here's the thing: I have no talent in this area whatsoever, so I'm not the person to talk to. I think you may be right. It is a little flat. The T is a little flat. Maybe they could have done something better with it. But I don't really know what to say because I know people who are graphic designers who are enormously talented. I I'm just not. This is beyond me but they also have some red ones oh, and really? i kind of like the yeah they're they're called red wave and they're trump sneakers if you go to get trumpsneakers.com we'll give them a free plug and they're bright red and they're the kind that are uh elastic at the top which i like much better you slip in and slip out i don't mean step into them but i mean they're just easier to put on and take off and, and they don't get wrecked I, I tend to kick myself when i walk so i tend to damage other shoes but do you see the red ones no um, well i'm trying to find them right oh here they are the red. yeah wow, look they're at good that. looking 200 okay i i would i they're good looking shoes no, come are. on those, give the man are, some those ones are much better than the than the the $400 pair that the shiny okay. gold ones. I like the white ones, honestly, with the gold 45 and the yeah. T that look just like those red ones. It's like a it's like a pair of Adidas, uh, what are those called? The Boost shoes where you just slip Got them it. on. There's no there's no laces, which those are pretty comfortable shoes. So I like them. I, I have a pair of Skechers like that that are just, they're, they're the bomb. So, uh, I, you know, listen, God bless him. He's doing something different. I'm gr- thrilled to see him doing. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic, uh, and it would be funny if he actually wore them. That would be the, the ideal that'd be situation. The best part. Can you imagine if he wore those shoes to, yeah, like a a debate or something? Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! And I don't know if they only had a thousand shoes to begin with. That was all that you know. They have a first run or whatever. They didn't know how well they'd sell. I mean, who knows? Take a chance, and then. But I love the gold. I think it's gorgeous. So, all right, go ahead and, you know. But I think it's hilarious that it's hard to sell it on eBay. God bless him. Yeah, I agree with you. The T, and I guess Trump's got cologne. I'm not even sh- sure I want to check that out. But he's got cologne now too. <laughs> is this really his website? Is this real? Yeah, the Get Trump sneakers. Yeah, it is. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. It looks supposedly. A bit, it little. It looks a little bit. Uh, looks a little bit amateur for. Well, it is uh, amateurish because he's Trump's. Uh, you know, type, he's I guess running out of money to uh, do anything like that. So he ha- hired some kid. <laughs> I think he hired his, his grandson to do it. I don't know. It's not the best looking shoot site, but you know what? You're Trump. You don't need a great looking site. Um, I think it's great. God bless him. Trump will rise again as he always does.
All right. I'm Heidi Harris in from Mark Cox. Much more to come on the Mark. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Cox Show. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox this morning. So it's just me and Ethan, my ace producer for my Sunday night show, 7 to 9 p.m. right here on 97.1 FM Talk. Always a privilege to give Mark and the crew a day off to relax and uh, get some sleep. It's a holiday, as you know. All right. Uh, This is an interesting story. Uh, about Southwest Airlines. Now, as you may know, last month they voted to give the pilots raises. And you may not be aware of this. I, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't aware of this. Listen to this. <laughs> Southwest Airlines Pilots Association, and they had threatened strikes and all this other stuff. I'm not going to get into all the details on that. I mean, I know them, but I'm not going to bore you with all that. They threatened to strike before the summer and this and that. Okay. And I'm not saying anybody doesn't deserve whatever you can get. As one of my friends used to say, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. That's very true. Listen to this. Because airline flies are already a lot of money. We all know that. It used to be fun to fly. Well, I'm trying to think. When was it fun to fly? Okay, maybe not. Uh, It's been a long time since it's been fun to fly. I don't fly that much these days. I don't want to fly. I don't find it enjoyable. Uh, The whole experience isn't fun between TSA and getting jammed in this little tiny space and everybody's... Well, not everybody, but there's always somebody rude acting up on the plane. You know the deal, right? It's not as much fun as it used to be to fly. And maybe if you fly first class or you're a Taylor Swift, I guess you can get away with it. But anyway, so Southwest has approved a new deal with the airline that will give them an immediate, ready, 29% raise. Immediately, 29%. And that will be followed by 4% raises in each of the next three years of the contract fifth year will come in at a 3.25% raise. They've also gotten better benefits, including enhanced retirement, disability, enhanced maternity and paternity leave, da, 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 da. Okay, now, once again, not gonna get into all the details of that, but here's where it affects you, as you can imagine. Who's gonna pay for this? You and I are. And I've flown Southwest many times. I think a lot of people like Southwest. I mean, I fly other airlines too, but Southwest I've flown. You know, if you want to save money, it used to be the airline to fly. You get a free bag. If you choose to check a bag, I don't try to, I try really hard not to ever check a bag. But you get a free bag and you get this and that. What I don't like is having to wait around. I hope you get a good seat. That part I don't like. But the Kansas City Star had an interesting story about this the other day. And they were talking about how Southwest is different from other airlines. And this was an important point. If you're just somebody like me who just flies in the regular part of the plane, okay, they're saying that uh, the benefits that are expensive for the airline obviously make it more expensive for them to operate their planes. Duh. Okay. But here's the difference. Kansas City Star saying it's less of a concern for traditional carriers like America, Delta, United Airlines, which offer first and business class seats. Those passengers are already paying exponentially higher fares and have historically been a resilient audience in the face of price volatility. Now, and think about that. That's true. If you're flying business class, you're flying first class, you're probably, frankly, either you have a lot of money or your company's paying for it. Or it's a write-off or whatever. So you don't care. You're not like normal people like us, right? 
So it's different. You don't mind paying the extra. Southwest, the Kansas City Star points out, does not have the same fail-safe against rising costs. The company has built this business on being a reasonably priced, mostly all-included airline. It does not sell first or business class seats, so it can't pass price increases on to customers used to paying higher prices. That means the airline either has to accept lower margins or raise prices in the face of higher costs. It could also add flights in order to grow its capacity. Uh, but the reality is you and I are going to pay more money. But when you're paying pilots immediately 29% more, and once again, not saying they don't deserve it, not saying that at all. I have friends who fly for that airline and others. So I'm not saying you're not entitled to that. I'm just saying <laughs> uh, we're going to pay in the end for that kind of thing. And, you know, I was just checking out some flights today out of St. Louis. And, you know, it's expensive. It's, it's getting to the point where, you know, driving may be a pain, but it's a lot cheaper than flying. It used to be you fly so cheap. And now, uh, you know, maybe if you do it six months out, I don't know. So if you're going to book a flight, I would do that quickly is all I'm saying. If you fly Southwest and you're trying to book something for the summertime, you want to do it before these raises kick in is what I'm advising you to do. Crazy land. But that's what's going on nowadays. Everything has just gotten so, and you go to the airport and it's, you know, and I, I try to eat before I fly. And if you're smart, you do that. Before you leave the house, grab a sandwich, right? And even if I do grab a sandwich before I leave the house, even if I do have food in my bag, I still want to get a sandwich at the airport because it just looks so good. And you spend just to get a sandwich, you know, like a sub sandwich at a drink, it's like 20 bucks or more anymore. So it makes flying so much less fun than it used to be. And then the do what's a bottle of water? $4. Now you could bring your own bottle. I get all that kind of stuff. But my gosh, it's a lot of money to fly. It's just, it's just not as much fun. And the TSA is a hassle. And taking off your shoes is a hassle. And I just washed those, you know, those are freshly washed socks. Now I got to walk across that disgusting floor, then put my shoes back on. It, does anybody think we're going to have another attack from the tennis shoes? my shoes off i think of richard reed every time the shoe bomber i just get so mad does anybody really think that's where our next attack is going to come from what's in your shoes so by the time i get through tsa i'm already cranky now i don't open my mouth because i know who's got the power there and it ain't me but it's just gotten to be so much less fun to fly and now it's going to get more expensive than ever before and it, it's hard I mean, it's hard for a a regular, you know, middle-class family to try to take a vacation, go in, and then every time you turn around, you hear about some battle on the plane where somebody won't give up their seat. You know, a family wants to fly together, but they didn't make their reservations far enough in advance to get those seats together. So now they're mad because you won't give up your aisle seat or window seat or whatever so they can fly together. And if you don't give it up, it winds up on Reddit. And then they give each other, you know, they give you dirty looks the entire time. Then there's a big controversy. It shouldn't be a controversy. I booked this flight. I booked it three months ago. You should have. But it's getting to the point where flying it, like I said, it's just not fun. It's just not fun anymore. And people are rude and the flight attendants are edgy. And <laughs> and on top of everything else, I got to slap you with higher fees. Okay. Makes perfect sense to me. All right, coming up, Ashley Smith-Thomas is going to be here, political strategist and the founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA. We're going to talk about this FBI informant charged with giving false information about Hunter Biden, who was arrested in Vegas. Coming up. I'm Heidi Harris, in for Mark Cox this morning. 
I'm here with my producer, Ethan. We do the Sunday night show, 7 to 9 p.m. right here on 97.1 FM Talk. And we're happy to fill in for Mark on occasion when they need us and give the crew a day off. Ashley Smith-Thomas is here. You may have heard about this FBI spy what, who was arrested at the airport in Las Vegas, which I refuse to call by the senator's name. It was named after. I refuse. I'll never call it that. But the it's FBI informant has now been charged with giving false information about Hunter Biden in 2020. His last name is Smirnoff, which always cracks me up because I always think about vodka. Ashley Smith-Thomas here, political strategist and founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA. How are you, Ashley? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So some people are saying that because this FBI informant has been arrested, that that blows the case that they might have to impeach Biden. What do you know about that? Well, that's a really great question. To the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, they've been leading this uh, impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, particularly because of these business deals that supposedly had occurred while he was vice president. And he was doing these business deals profiting. And Hunter Biden was the one who was the liaison between uh, Joe Biden and then these businesses, particularly when he was on the board of Burisma. Um, it was alleged that there was payouts from these board members of $5 million each to a U.S. company, which then can be tracked back to the Bidens. And what is interesting is that um, when this news broke out about Alexander Smirnov, um, he was, you know, like you mentioned, arrested in Las Vegas Wednesday, and then he was indicted Thursday by a federal grand jury. Um, according to Fox, or excuse me, according to ABC News, House Oversight Committee Chairman Representative Comer, he released a statement stating that Smirnov's charges do not undermine the GOP impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Rather, it is, quote, based on a large record of evidence, including bank records and witness testimony, revealing that Joe Biden knew of and participated in his family business dealings. So Democrats are calling, saying that this takes the wind out of, out of the Republican sale. They're calling for the inquiry to be completely dropped um, and that they have been warning Republicans that there's no there there. But Republicans are, are standing firm at this moment, stating that this is not uh, hinder or sway them in their impeachment inquiry. Um, Hunter Biden's attorney, Mr. Lau, he released a statement saying that, quote, for months we have warned Republicans uh, that they have built their conspiracies about Hunter and his family on lies told by people with political agendas, not facts. We were right, and the air is out of their balloon, end quote. Uh, but again, Republicans don't feel that way, and they're going to continue to move forward with their uh, impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Interesting. We're speaking with Ashley Smith-Thomas, political strategist and founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA. I'm Heidi Harris, in for Mark Cox, talking about Alexander Smirnoff, this FBI informant who was arrested at the Vegas airport the other day, and now he's been indicted. They're basically saying that he lied and he talked about bribery and things like that that didn't occur. But to your point, Ashley, and I think it's a good one, there, there was more, obviously, that they had. They weren't just relying on one particular guy. I mean, you know, does anybody ever really trust an informant? Because they're already sneaking behind somebody's back and talking behind somebody's back. That's how they make their living a lot of times, right? So does anyone really ever trust them? So I'm sure the Republicans never put all their eggs in that basket. Well, it looks like that they had trusted a lot of the information in which he had revealed because in July of last year, Senator Chuck Grassley, who has been leading the investigation on the Senate side, he released documents in which Smirnov wasn't named, but there was someone that was named CHS, which is known as Confidential Human Source, and that was uh, led to believe that was Smirnov. And what was interesting was that they were going based on what he was saying, but also 
to your point, they had large records of evidence. It wasn't just what Smirnov was saying. They had evidence, including bank records, to back up these claims. Mm. And so the thing that I find to be interesting, though, is that in order to be an informant uh, to the FBI, you have to be vetted and a credible source. And he had been an informant since 2010. Um, and so in order to be, again, informant, you have to have that track record of providing tangible, trustworthy intel. So I guess my question would be, why all of a sudden did he lie to the FBI? And then why is the FBI then going after him if, again, he's been an informant since 2010 for the FBI? So mm-hmm. I find that to be a little interesting. Um, and so what I'm curious to see is how Republicans are going to move this forward if, as this progresses and we start seeing how this case unfolds. Um, will this change their tune? Will they drop uh, in their inquiry what Smirnov um, had stated? And will they just focus on the bank records? Because to me, I think that the bank record says it all. I mean, if they can prove that through the transactions, then right there is is the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the coming days and what the FBI does um, with Smirnov moving forward. We're speaking with Ashley Smith-Thomas from Freedoms Fund USA. I'm Heidi Harrison from Mark Cox. It's interesting, too, because to your point, I was just that was my next question. It was going to be just because the FBI says he lied doesn't mean he lied. I hate to say that, but anymore, that's how we all feel. Uh, and they're claiming that he falsely claimed that during these meetings, the executives associated with Burisma told him they'd hired Hunter Biden to protect us through his dad from all kinds of prom- problems. Well, of course, why would they hire Hunter Biden? He had no qualifications for anything else. Why else would they have hired him, Ashley? There's no other reason anybody would hire Hunter Biden to do anything other than to get in well with his dad, right? Hello? Right, exactly. And here's the thing. You have Hunter. He sits on a company board that's energy, and he has no experience in the energy sector at all. So why would you have someone sit on that board um, to, to be leading that? So clearly that there was, it's all about position. It was who his father was. And is and so that's what I find to be interesting because according to the FBI, they said that that uh, Smirnov alleged fabrications relating to the claims that he made to the FBI in 2020, and those claims allege that executives at Burisma in Ukraine paid five million dollars each to the Bidens when Joe was VP under Obama. And then what I also find to be interesting is that David Weiss, who's the special counsel on this, um, he's the district attorney that was appointed. Uh, by President Trump there in Delaware. Uh, then he got tapped by Attorney General Merrick Garland to lead this special counsel. Um, he released in a statement, quote, that the defendant transformed his routine and unextraordinary business contacts with Burisma in 2017 and later into bribery allegations against Joe Biden after expressing bias against Biden and his presidential candidacy. That, to me, just seems a little funky because it's looking at more at his, quote, supposed bribery allegations, but then expressing bias against Biden. Um, I didn't realize that showing bias would be considered um, indictment worthy. So that, to me, is like I'm just curious to see if was he really trying to um, bring forth bribery? Was he was just trying to bribe the Bidens? Um, or is this something is this something that the FBI is manufacturing here because Republicans are getting closer and closer and adding more pressure uh, into this impeachment inquiry. And we are seeing this uh, administration under a lot of pressure right now from all sides. And especially, you know, when we look at what just recently happened last week with the Republicans going after Secretary Mayorkas um, and then now uh, 
President Biden's mental health being in question, all the stuff. They're being pressed on all sides. I don't know. I just find the timing of this just to be really interesting. Not to yes. conspiracy theorists, but I'm just I think the timing of this is just really interesting. So I'm curious to see how Republicans move this forward. Yeah, I agree with you. Ashley Thomas is here. She's founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA. We're talking about Alexander Smirnoff, who was picked up at a Vegas airport last week, and he's now being accused of lying to the FBI. He's facing charges, as you know, including making false statements, creating a false and fictitious record for statements he made to the FBI. That's it. If he's convicted, he faces up to 25 years in prison. Uh, you know, how quickly do you think this is going to move through the justice system. I mean, if when it's a political persecution, I'm not saying he didn't do it. I don't know. I'm not trying the case here. But I, I like you, find this very suspicious as far as the timing of this. And we don't even really know whether or not he lied to the FBI. We just don't know. Right. Um, I don't know how long this is going to take because this was a federal grand jury um, that issued the indictment. So um, I don't know how fast this is going to go. Um, just because of just seeing some of these trends when it's in a political year, it seems like things are going more quickly in the courts. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. But again, the, I think it's all about the timing. And that's where I'm like, I would say it probably would move pretty swiftly, um, especially as Republicans are moving forward and pressing hard in their, in their impeachment inquiry. And Democrats right. are trying really hard to cause that inquiry to fall apart. Of course they are. And it's interesting, too, because as you know, the, the famous quote from the judge who was in New York, uh, Solomon Walker, was you can indict a ham sandwich. And it's true. The fact that you've been mm -hmm. indicted doesn't mean that, that the guy's guilty of anything. I'm not, once again, not trying the case here, but I like you. I'm getting to the point where all these persecutions, uh, to me, it's all they're all political a lot of things that are going on. There's no there, there. We all remember two years of Russia collusion and it just continues. I mean, they just don't stop. So I'm getting to the point now right. where I don't trust anything they do. Right. Well, way. can you That's imagine I now? I mean, can you imagine the roles are reversed? I mean, imagine this is Don Jr. sitting on the board of a foreign corporation and allegedly conducting right. business deals happening with his father, you know, supposedly using his position for profit. I mean, the media would persecute him while the DOJ <laughs> would prosecute. I mean, they, 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 yeah, the DOJ would go after him so quickly. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if Don Jr. had left a laptop with weird things on it at a shop? I mean, yeah, do we <laughs> – a double standard. It's laughable if it weren't so tragic, right, Ashley? That's what's so upsetting right. about it. Ashley Smith-Thomas, thanks for joining the Mark Cox Morning Show. She's the CEO and founder of Freedoms Fund USA. Thanks for being here, Ashley. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great information. I, I'm getting to the point where I don't trust any of these prosecutions. I just don't. Because they're so they're picking and choosing who they're going to prosecute and who they're going to completely ignore. Yeah, I think we all know that. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox. Oh boy, Ethan's got the music rocking today. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox. The crew returns tomorrow. Ethan, my ace producer from my Sunday night show here on 97.1 FM Talk, is with me this morning, and I'm so excited to have him. So don't forget to check that out. Heidi Harris Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Rumble, all the good stuff. If you want to see what I do during the week. Now, speaking of, we just spoke with Ashley Smith-Thomas from uh, Freedoms Fund USA about this FBI informant who was arrested in, at the Vegas airport. <clears throat> I will never refer to it by the name of the senator after whom it's now been named. I won't. It's Vegas airport. Anyway, he was arrested at the Vegas airport. He's now been indicted supposedly for lying about the Bidens and Burisma and all that. Okay, so before your eyes start crossing, I get it, okay? I understand how frustrating it is, and we feel like these prosecutions are very political, right? Meanwhile, the border's being flooded. No one bothers. Meanwhile, you've got three amazing heroes in Minnesota gunned down by a piece of crap who shouldn't have been on the street 
because of his violent record. We, we can't worry about those people. We have to worry about this guy. I'm not even sure Alexander Smirnov lied. I don't even know. I'm not trying the case here. But the point I'm making is we're all very concerned about political persecutions, right? And persecutions, prosecutions, both. Mark Stein, you know who Mark Stein is? It's a guy with a British accent, used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh a lot. If you listen to Rush Limbaugh, you know who Mark Stein is. Okay, very smart guy, author, journalist. All right. Listen to this. This just happened in America. This is very important. This is a case that I've not seen get any attention, and it should. Uh, a D.C. jury, there you go, right, has ordered him to pay damages of a million dollars and imposed punitive damages of a million dollars to a guy who's a climate liar, basically. His name is Michael Mann. And he created the famous, they called it the hockey stick, trying to prove that temperatures have gone up after, I, I'm not even gonna get into it. Yes, I know all the details, but I'm not gonna bore you because my eyes crossed too. But suffice to say, this guy has basically been making claims about the environment that many people dispute. You can believe him, you cannot believe him. But the point is, these are up to dispute. I mean, these are, I mean, you know, people are discussing these things. They are being disputed by, by quote unquote scientists all the time. These are not facts. These are opinions. And unfortunately, there's a lot of policy being made as a result of these, you know, scientists, quote unquote scientists. You know, the guy, the, you know the guy they call the science guy? He's not even a scientist, he's an engineer. What is he, Bill Nye the science? He's not a scientist. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> so these are people who are affecting policy. They want to go after your gas stove. They want to tell you what kind of fridge you can have, what kind of car you can have. You know the deal. I don't need to explain it to y'all. But this is nuts. So listen to this. His co-defendant wrote a statement that where the jury found him liable for def defamation. Basically, he was called... He referred to this climate guy as the Jerry Sandusky of climate science, except for, he said, instead of molesting children, he has molested and tortured data. Now, the reason there was a Jerry Sandusky reference is because this scientist worked for Penn State. Jerry Sandusky had Jerry Sandusky. Initially, Penn State said, oh, no, they cleared him of all the sexual misconduct. And then the FBI came in later and all that stuff. Okay, so, that, but he made a reference to this guy and kind of called him the Jerry Sandusky of climate science because the, you know, Penn State, you know, was accusing. Okay, anyway, you get the point. Mark Stein was found liable for quoting him and saying, not sure I'd have extended that metaphor all the way into the locker room showers, but he has a point. He also said that this man, this climate quote unquote scientist, was the man behind the fraudulent climate change hockey stick. And he's the very ringmaster of the tree ring circus. Okay, once again, because of tree rings, he claimed this. And Okay, the point is, it doesn't matter whether you agree with anything he said. Whether you agree with what Mark Stein said, whether you agree with what this climate scientist, and I'm using air quotes here, said, doesn't matter whether you agree with any of this stuff. Doesn't matter. We're supposed to be able to have conversations in America, and you're supposed to be able to needle people about their opinions. I mean, I get needled on Twitter every day. I know Twitter, X, whatever it is this week. People disagree with me about all kinds of things I say. Throughout my radio career, this has been the case, but certainly now with when you've got X and Facebook, all these people commenting and this and that and the other, while I do this show, I'm doing it right now on the Heidi Harris Show Facebook page. Mark usually does it on the Mark Cox Facebook page. People disagree with things I say. I can take it. It's America. 
but it's pretty frightening when a jury, just because he said something and talked about this guy, you know, perpetrating a hoax with a so-called hockey stick thing. It was kind of a graph that he did and, and they called it the hockey stick. But how terrifying is that? You got to pay somebody $2 million because you needle them about what they're claiming is science. And it's not even science. $2 million a DC jury awarded. And we know what happened with Trump last week. I don't need to go into that. I know Mark Cox has talked about it. Hundreds of millions of dollars. I, <laughs> I mean, you talk about these prosecutors. That's why nobody trusts anything anymore. We know who they're going after. We know who they're trying to silence. That ought to put chills down your spine when you can't even talk about or criticize somebody who says something that has not ever there's no such thing as settled science anyway but there are many people who had issue with what this guy was saying about the so-called hockey stick graph about climate two million dollars because you criticize somebody that's terrifying folks that's really terrifying and that case has not gone anywhere near the attention it should and we've got to think about this kind of thing that's why we've got to be concerned about what's going on with the courts every single day. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. Coming up, we're going to chat with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They were down on the border getting a first-hand look. That's coming up next on the Mark Cox Morning Show. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.